You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome to Straight from the Chest. My name is Justin Groth. And guys, today, first of all, thank you for joining me. Thank you for giving me your listening ear. You know how much that means to me. Guys, we're going to do something just a little bit different today. We're going to do a Q&A, podcast Q&A. So what I did was I had a story post on my Instagram and it was regarding um, getting questions for podcasts, for the podcast. So I just want to do a Q&A because I, I honestly just want to interact more with you. And, you know, it's fine um, talking about specific things that probably relate to you and hopefully you find value from and hopefully they can they can translate into your life. And But, you know, there, nothing beats being interactive. And just so you know, in the future, I'd love to have guests on the podcast. I'd love to interact with people in real time. Um, but right now that's kind of in the works. Um, but it isn't, it isn't established yet, but for the, for the, for the time being, I want to still be interactive. So the best way I felt to be able to do that was just for right now is to ask some questions or I'm sorry, spam out a Q and a and get whatever questions that I have given to me, just bite on those and, and talk about those. And, and so if you have sent me a question, I hope you're listening so you can hear the my real-time approach, solution. Hopefully, I can give you some value into what your question was. And um, so without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. And by the way, this is the first time in 188 episodes that I've ever done a Q&A, um, ever been interactive in any in any regard I mean the stuff that we talk about on here it is based on real life experiences or real life inspirations but at the same time I've never done an interactive uh, Q&A and that so it's new for me but I haven't looked over these questions and and meditated on them I thought about them so and I did that on purpose because I want to give you authentic I want to give you authentic answers as as authentic as I can and right off the cuff. And and that's really what this podcast is, right? It's straight from the chest. So anyways, I keep talking. I think it's because I'm um, excited to answer these questions. So first one, and this is, uh, I have them. Let me just, let me just see. I want to, okay, so let's start with this one. This is about fitness. So, is it better to do multiple reps with lighter weight or less reps with heavy weight? So, <clears throat> I think you honestly need both of them. And I think that oftentimes we get caught up in one specific dogma of of, of, of programming. And we leave a lot of potential we call them gains, but we leave, we leave a lot of potential gains on the table. So I don't think it's one, it's one or the other. I mean, some of those things are going to, obviously some things will impact the, 
some of the things that will be impacted from either what 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 you choose to use if you choose to use lighter reps or or lower reps with heavier weight or lighter weight less reps or oh my gosh I can't I'm jumbling my words man you get the idea if I if you choose to use moderate weights lighter weights with more volume or heavier weights with less volume um I think that's all going to be dependent on one your goal two your sport specific so whatever if you're in a sport specific uh industry whether it's basketball baseball whatever or um if you're if you tend to 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 respond well to volume or respond well to heavy weight so it's really going to be individualized and 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 really just subjective. I I tend not to omit any one of them because I I think that both serve merit. But if you're going to get into the weeds about it and you're going to and you're not going to just you're not going to just do with what feels best like train off of instinct which is also very beneficial and of merit too. Um then I think you'll be leaving a lot of potential growth on the table or potential change. Because that's really what you're looking for. You're looking to change your body. So it's not like like food. And we'll get into this later because I can see there's a food question. It's not practical for most people to omit one main macronutrient. So the same thing for, for fitness. You don't want to omit one main style of training when you're just talking about the overall overarching consensus of lifting weights for to, to change your body and to get better, stronger, leaner, etc. So this is going to go right into the other question. Is there a diet regimen you'd recommend? And I honestly wouldn't recommend any particular diet other than the diet that you can stay the most consistent with and that you can see yourself doing for the length of your life. I mean, <clears throat> there are so many... There's so many, there's so many paralyzing and polarizing diets out there or ways of eating that it can just lead somebody to get really, really just, I wouldn't call it depressed, but they can, they can see it as too complex and too comprehensive. And it's like, well, F this, I don't want to do anything. I just want to eat. I just want to eat this specific way and that's it. Or I'm going to eat chicken, broccoli and rice because my trainer told me to do that and your trainer isn't no shit if he told you to eat chicken broccoli and rice only but you know the thing is is that there's a lot of different diets and and the one that's going to work for you may not be the one that's going to work for somebody else so it's and it's also up to you to not start preaching that like it's like it's the golden rule and that's what you should be on and that's what you should how you should eat that's not that's not the way life works. That's not the way human bodies work. I mean, there are multiple there are multiple ways in which one diet won't work for somebody else as it will for you. And I mean, some of those is genetic. It's some of the some of it's your biochemical physiology. I mean, you can't change those things, but what you can do is do a diet that you know is sound in principle, sound in sound in, in what it produces or what it gives you in terms of how you're going to produce or what you want to produce in terms of your body, health, etc. But when when I talk about health, that's totally something different. We're talking about just if you just for body to change, just for ways to change your body and, and give your body what it needs to grow if you're on some specific strength training regimen or or what have you. It's best to go through a diet that gives you 
all of the macronutrients. So we're not omitting carbs, fats, or proteins. Obviously, never proteins, but we're not going to play with carbs and fats too much. We're just going to, everything can kind of can, can kind of stay moderate. That seems like to be the most efficient way for most people, no matter their sport, no matter their respective sport that they're in, to have the best results. But there is, there really is no one size fits all approach. And if you go down that, that ideological road, you're going to see that there's not many people that well, one, there's not confounding evidence that shows that there's one diet that fits all. If there was, there would be probably a lot of a lot of eggs thrown in the basket of the Mediterranean diet. But the Mediterranean diet doesn't omit any one macronutrient. It's pretty balanced. It's very healthy. So, <clears throat> but we're not going to say that either. It's whatever diet you can consistently stick with, because that diet is not going to be a diet. That's going to be a lifestyle. Let's see. Let's get into a serious question. I want to leave my career, which means leaving a lot of money on the table. Do I risk it? <clears throat> so, this is coming from somebody who I know. So, I have a little bit of a of an understanding, a lot of an understanding. And, um, it's kind of unfair in terms of how my, my, what my solution might be or not my solution, but my, my answer might be to this particular question. Cause I know too much data about this person, <clears throat> but I think this is something that, that he's been contemplating for quite some time because if I remember correctly, we had a conversation about something about this um, a year or two back. And um, here's what I do know. Um, I do know that for me, what you feel in your gut that gives you the impetus to do something isn't always going to be the most logical thing to do. And sometimes it's not the most pragmatic thing to do. And this individual is very logical and very pragmatic and structured. So this clearly, this type of, this type of venture doesn't necessarily align with this type of person's personality. But I know it's something that's been pegging at him because if he's still talking about it, then it's clearly something that's on his mind probably on a daily basis. But he's also not the kind of person that's going to that's gonna talk about these things, at least in my under, to my understanding, to just anybody all the time. It's, it's going to be something that he just, that he meditates on himself. Anyways. The, sometimes the most familiar things to you are the most unknown. Let me say that again. Sometimes the most familiar things to you are the most unknown, meaning something that is so native and, and implicit in your being is still very uncharted sometimes. It's uncharted waters at times, and it, or it can be. 
And if you've been living your life for so many years in a certain type of way, it's going to be very hard to just break away, break free of those chains, so to speak, and go into something that is new, nuanced, and very uncharted or foreign to you. But at the same time, it's more familiar to you than the trade that you learned that took you years to learn. It's more familiar to you. It's just uncharted. But that doesn't mean that it can't be something that you make familiar and that actually becomes the label, the new label over your life. The great thing about this person is that he doesn't have any exogenous responsibilities other than what I mean by that is like a wife and kids and that's a good thing and bad thing but he knows what I mean by that but it's he doesn't have any other responsibilities outside of you know house payment uh, car payment insurance etc gas food whatever right so if anything this is what I would say to him I would say if you had a family and you are you were the sole provider protector over multiple human beings then I would say I would say dabble in this particular thing that you want to dabble in but never omit the actual don't go cold turkey one end of the other right but I would say dabble in it until you can see that this thing is more clearer than it was a month two three four months ago you can see it's a little bit more clear you can see it's a little bit more visible and a little bit possibly more in reach for you to where you can make that leap and you can you can validate a leap or not validate justify a leap whereas right now this thing is like there's like a pond between you and the other side of the street and this pond is 20 feet in depth you clearly know you can't clear that with a jump no matter how far back you take of a of of a of a of a of a beginning stride and you don't have the power in your legs to clear that 20 foot. But you know if you wait for the sun to dry up and evaporate some of that water out of that pond, you know that once that pond gets to about maybe 8, 9, 10 feet in depth, you know with the right stride, with the right momentum, with the right leap off, you can clear that pond. My advice would be, doubt, even though you don't have the kids and the wife to provide and protect for and put them first, Still dabble in what you think you want to do. And I, and but to be honest with you, I don't really know what he wants to do. So this is the, <clears throat> this is the blind side of this, of this, of this answer. But I would still, I would take more time in your daily procedures, every, what you do in the daily basis. I would take more time out of that day, carve out time specifically to etch in what this particular thing is going to take out of you and research more of it put in more of the potential work for an hour of the day carve out the hour and do something that's co-aligned with this particular venture that you want to that you want to embark on until you gain more knowledge more understanding more clarity into where you know you can then make that leap to the other end but right now I get you it's too much and it's also not in line with your with the common behavior that you've practiced for years before this but I will tell you this there's nothing more fulfilling there's nothing more fulfilling 
than building something of your own. And I know you know this. I know you know this if it comes down to building your own tool shed rather than buying a tool shed from Home Depot. There's something that goes along with building it your own and taking the necessary steps, but not only steps, but necessary risk that's involved in building that particular thing. Look, man, we are naturally, us human beings naturally from a primitive stance, we're used to taking risks. We're used to it. You know what we're also used to? We're also used to adapting to when we get in a position where we're not comfortable, we're used to adapting to that structure anyways. If we weren't, we would have been killed off thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. So that's what I do know about you. And specifically this person, I do know that there's not going to be an option for you to fail. I do know that if you did this, you're such an intelligent and smart person that for you to fail doing this, that would be, <laughs> that would be the thing to surprise me the most, not the succession of it. Okay. We're going to go to another one. So this one is not really a question, but it says, I think struggling when building a brand and business to know it takes time, insecurities come in. So <clears throat> I know what this person's saying and I agree with them. And it's similar to what my friend was going through with deciding if he should risk it or not. Um, <clears throat> when you build something, when you're building a business or building a brand per se, there are going to be a lot of people that are not going to be on your team. And you can't expect them to be on your team because you can't expect them to see the vision like you see the vision. It's not their vision. It never was and it never will be. But it's yours and it's your gold that is, this particular thing is your gold piece. It may not be valuable to somebody else, but it's super valuable to you. You have to ask yourself, is it worth, is it worth the criticism? Is it worth the getting scathed? Is it worth abdicating yourself from the responsibility to not have any of the conflict or the potential criticisms that come associated with building something of your own that's unique and personalized. Is it worth it? And I oftentimes know the answer. Here's the answer. Yes, it is worth it. It's always been worth it and you know that. But here's the, here's the, the problem with this. Are you thick enough to handle criticism are you malleable enough to shift and change direction when you need to as it approaches for the betterment of your business, for the betterment of you, for the evolvement of yourself? So are you able to take criticism and are you able to be malleable? Because there are times where you do have to be malleable. You have to shift. You can't just be so stuck in stone where you don't move with the times. You have to be able to move with the times to some degree. You have to be able 
to battle these insecurities that are going to come in because they are going to come in. It's not a matter of if they do, it's when they do. And oftentimes these insecurities are going to come by way of you putting your ear to the floor and listening to people about what they have to say. And 99% of the time, what they have to say doesn't matter. The 1%, the 1% that gives you actually constructive criticism and tells you things that, you know what? I really believe that you're that you're so good in this and I think you should do more of this or I think you should you should accelerate more on this end. And you are you already know that but you're so comfortable that you just stick to the same bones of the of the procedure. That's what I mean by being malleable. Being able to learn from particular criticisms that are constructive that are coming from people and also got to distinguish this. This is a major distinguish a distinction that you have to make. Who is it coming from? Is it coming from the bottom 2% of America? Or is it coming from valuable people that know and love you and want the best for you? Building anything is a burden at times. It's a burden. It's a problem. That's what I believe. That's what I said about my business in the first three, four years. No, three years. It's just now becoming manageable. But I know there's going to be there's going to be elements of of unknowing un, the unknown when the future comes. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen. But you have to just you then shift and you then you then change trajectories and you then adapt. I mean, again, we're humans. We're made to adapt. So struggling, this is all a part of your process. And if you didn't have struggle, if you didn't have insecurities, that's when I would worry. Because then that means you're not doing anything meaningful. And if you're doing anything meaningful and anything that's important and monumental to you and or your community, you will have pushback always. What's your why behind doing it? And are you thick enough to withstand the scathing and the bruises that are going to come along the way. Let's go to, <laughs> let's go to, um, I just, um, we're going to shift direction here. We're going to go to another um, uh, diet question because I seem to have a lot of those. <laughs> um Is the keto diet bad for everyone? <laughs> now, this is funny because I have a brand called Fuck Keto, and it's a brand I started about a year and a half ago, and it's just an apparel brand, but we have a website for it, etc. And 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 we're selling merchandise on the website. And essentially it's just, you know, a blatant term, fuck keto, eat carbs. And, and so it was kind of looking in my in my field of of activity. I deal with a lot of people that are yo-yo dieters and and they just don't understand really nutrition that well and they go into the quickest fad and that was my overall prejudice with behind keto was I just don't like fad diets. Now, keto is not necessarily a fad diet. Keto has been around for a very long time but the way that people adopted in the fitness industry is of quick results 
it's they're quick results driven people. And I don't like those kinds of, not those kinds of people, but that kind of mentality. Because if I know anything in fitness, it's that this shit takes a long time and you're not going to get anywhere in two months with respect. You're not going to get anywhere in two months or three months or four months. And so <clears throat> the keto diet for most people was just a, was just an easy way to drop some pounds and basically some body water and, and fit into their, you know, their, their awesome dress for the senior reunion, like their high school reunion. I'm not with that. I mean, that's cool if you want to do it for that, but if you want to make it a part of your life because you, you heard your influencer, Instagram influencer, uh, um, whatever Instagram influencer talk about it, then that's where I have a problem because that's not what it's really, it shouldn't be intended to be a lifestyle for you. I think, I don't think you should, if you're training with weights and you have some type of, you maybe have a little bit of, of cardio mixed in there. I don't think that you should be omitting carbohydrates from your diet. Now, keto is the omittance of carbohydrates. It is not what most people say, five to 10% carbohydrates, no. It's more like true keto is like 0% carbohydrates and predominantly 75% fat and 25% protein, 20 to 25% protein. Because some people want to put 5% in there for carbohydrates when that's not really what true keto is. If you're a true keto-er, okay? But keto does have its advantages for people with uh, cognitive decay, or um, some neurological issues like epilepsy. It's been shown to be awesome for people in restoring those types of, or keeping at bay those types of cognitive or neurological uh, deficiencies. For the majority though, no, keto is probably not going to be sustainable for you. The reason why you probably think it is, is because it's filled with fats and proteins, which keep you satiated. And so if you can stick with something Again, this goes back to the first question. If you can be consistent, stick with it, then I'm all for it. But most people can't stick with it because most people get their fuel from glucose. Now, there is gluconeogenesis, which means you can transfer aminos and fats into carbohydrates. They can change into carbohydrates, but through different metabolic processes in the body. But that's not the, there's a lot of work that has to go through that or that has to go into that to produce that. And then you can produce ketones from the liver that give you energy, et cetera, when you're ketone adapted. But there's a, that's a long lengthy process. And the first time you go over your protein intake, like if you eat maybe 40 to 50% arbitrary numbers, you might go out of ketosis. So now you have that problem. And it's, it's really, it's really, it's something that people, again, they want to have a quick fix and I'm not for that. So that's why I was so against it and that's why I made the brand. So, <clears throat> but again, to the question, is keto bad for everybody? No. And should you adopt it? Yes. If you can be one of those people that you can stay consistent with it and it doesn't affect your life and it doesn't affect the way you interact with people, etc. I will say this, for people that have stressful lives, keto sucks. And that's almost a fact. When you have a stressful life, you do not have glucose, which is the preferred source of fuel. You're going to raise cortisol levels even higher, which means protein breakdown, which is not good. That's not good for cells. That's not good for muscle growth. That's not good for recovery if you're working out, etc. So not good. But if you're a low stress person, like, you know, somebody who doesn't really have a, a, a really, um, 
high responsibility in their daily procedures or daily activities and you're, you just don't stress out a lot at all. You're, you're a little bit more um, serotonin derivative uh, or serotonin uh, uh, um, centric, I should call it, then keto could probably work for you. And if, if anything, for sure in the short term, but maybe even long term, but you don't know unless you don't try it. So maybe you should try it and then find out for yourself. Let's go to another diet because I diet question because I have it and so and it goes right along with what we just talked about. This isn't a question either, but this is kind of a two-parter. I'm gonna read it like this because I think this is what she meant by saying this. But I'm gonna read it as it is, and then I'll form it into a question. No excuses. I know what's up. Consistent in my workouts. That's easy. The food, not so much. I'm like a drug addict. I fall off the wagon with eating good all week and all weekend bad. And uh, hold on. I have to drink some bang for this one. Mm, I love bang. All right. So I understand. Now... My advice on this is not going, this is something I can speak with authority on. This is not going to be something that you might want to hear, but I think you're tough enough to hear it. You have to ask yourself, what's important? Do I want to feel good on the minute by minute basis? And do I want to feel and look the way that I know I should feel and look? Or do I just want to give in to temptation and give in to things that are momentary bliss? And not have discipline because that's what it all centers around. You not having discipline. You have discipline for workouts, but you know why? Because that shit's easy. It's everything else that's so much more, that's so, that deserves so much more importance because it has to be a part of a program. If not, you will not give yourself the structure that you need because it's far easier to give into particular times of stress or, you know, I got to do this, this, and this. I can't think about eating healthy. Excuse me. So it all centers around discipline and the discipline is going to center around what your why is. Why are you even eating right? Why do you work out? Well, you know why you work out. You don't do it because your physician told you you're going to die within a month or two if you don't, you know, adopt some type of resistance training program. You do it because you want to look and feel healthy. And you also want to be around for your kids, right? In the future. What I do know is that you do have, because I've seen on your feeds, you do have the ability to be very disciplined. You've done it with your business. One thing that falls flat on its face oftentimes with business owners, if you allow it, is the neglection of themselves in the process, but that should never be ever, ever, ever be an excuse for you to not still feel your best and do your best, even in the midst of building a business, a brand, etc. And I would argue that it's worse for you not to take care of yourself during the process because you are what you need to get everything done. If you're not at your best, 100% you're not going to be as productive. Guess what that means? 
The business doesn't get most of your attention like it deserves, like you want. So this seems like it's ass backwards, right? Take care of yourself and, and don't do as much for the business. But I promise you, because you feel better, because you look better, you're building your self-esteem, your confidence. And not only that, you're physiologically and psychologically more apt and productive. You're going to be better for your business. You're going to be able to put more into your business instead of being sucked dry from your business and then seeing the end result, which is feeling low, depressed, not having what you need to even get your workout done for the day. Here's one thing that I, that I put in place when I started my business. And obviously my business centers around fitness, so it, it's something easy for me to do, but I never, ever took so many clients where I didn't have time for my own workout. I never took so many clients where I couldn't eat my meals between my clients in the day. I never worked myself dry even though I had this new business. I never worked myself dry to where I couldn't take care of myself. Maybe that's because I'm vain. Maybe that's because I'm a little bit self-centered. I don't know. Or both. I don't know. But here's the thing. That shit helped me. And it can help you. You have to lay down discipline. I talk about it all the time in the podcast. That's a real thing. Laying down discipline. Laying down the, the consistent effort behind that discipline. That's going to actually manifest that discipline as something visible that you can see, that you can have visible feedback from. And then continuing to put yourself first. Now, I don't mean that in a selfish regard. But you're the one that made this shit in the first place. You have to own up to that. You have to own up to the fact that if you don't take care of yourself, well, guess what? Business doesn't get the best of you. Families don't get the best of you. Relationships with people, your customers, they don't get the best of you. You need to carve out time in the day. You need to carve out time in your weekly structure, in your lifestyle to eat a specific way. If you can't get the, the, if you can't meal prep, if you don't want to meal prep, and I'm with you, I don't meal prep. I have a meal prep company that brings the food to my door. That's what you need to do. I know you got the money for it. But here's the thing, even if you didn't have the money for it, like if you didn't have the disposable income for it, I know you'd make it. I know you'd make, you'd carve out the disposable income to have it. You would omit some things here and there and you would make time or make, make it possible to have this meals, these meals at your door. Now, if you can make the meals, fine, no excuses. But even with that, there's still no excuses. People have made it easy now with food prep companies, but not only that, You need to put yourself in a higher position. You need to put yourself in the position that other people see you in. And right now, it's too easy. It's too easy to give most of yourself to things that, yes, they need your attention, but I know you can manage both at the same time. I know you can manage the fact that you need to be here, need to be on this location for this particular job, I know you can manage doing that on top of getting the right foods in your body, on top of getting your workout in, on top of getting the right sleep, on top of drinking lots of water. I know you could. You built that business. The body is nothing short of building a business. It requires time. It requires energy. It requires priority. 
Give it the priority that it deserves. Guys, I'm going to end it there. It's a it's the longest podcast I've ever done, 36 minutes. Um, if you're still with me, I appreciate you. Um, even if you just tuned in for a couple of the questions, I appreciate you. Maybe we'll do this again. If you like this, send me a DM on Fitness Extraordinaire on, uh, on the IG and tell me your feedback. If you liked it, I'll do more of them. All right, guys. Done.